Hi, everyone, and welcome to AB Conversations, where we will help you CFP your way out of it, a podcast where you get into the minds of a couple certified financial planners on how we think and feel about everyday financial planning questions and what should really matter most to you. A healthier financial life starts now. Welcome back, everybody. AB Conversations, episode number... 40-something. 40-something. Hi, Adam. <laughs> Welcome to the 40-something podcast of AB Conversations. Yeah. Thanks for having it's, me back. It's been like a year. I, we've been doing this for almost a year, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, I hope... Yeah. I hope people see us having a lot of fun doing this because it has been a lot of fun. Um, yeah. And hopefully we've, people are learning something, so. Yeah, we've certainly gotten that feedback. We had, a, maybe I already said this on one of our past podcasts. He said, you guys are having way too much fun. Yeah. And I said, well, we are. And I'm glad, I'm glad <laughs> to see that. And I hope you get something out of it besides that. Yeah, it comes from a place of passion, which is maybe an okay way to start today's podcast because mm. um, we're going to totally self-indulge here and talk about something that isn't really specific to financial planning clients. Um, it is more, I think, talking about our passion for the industry and where we kind of see things going. So we're going to tee this up in a way that focuses on more long-term, five, maybe even 10 years from now. Yeah. How, do we, how do we think this industry? How do we think the art of financial planning, the thing we love, how do we see it changing um, in a way that maybe consumers could start to recognize right now um, mm -hmm. or maybe mm -hmm. start to prepare them for how a relationship may change if they aren't working with somebody to kind of see things the way that we do. Yeah. So, yeah, I was going to say, so some of, some of these things may have already started. They just aren't necessarily mainstream yet. And I think that our hope um, is that a lot of these things, these things will become more ubiquitous in the years to come. Um, and, and maybe it was on my, you know, word of the day calendar. So I had to <laughs> throw it. <laughs> Good for um, you. Yeah. So now we, we, I completely lost my train of thought. Now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't remember. Some, some of these things definitely are trends and, and we'll kind of hit on that. I, I think yeah. we should probably, we should probably start with something that um, it's the title of the podcast. We are certified financial planners. Um, I will say, I think it's very highly likely that the ratio between financial advisors and certified financial planners is going to flip. You know, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. today there are about 270,000 licensed financial advisors. And all that that means is they can sell you an investment. Yeah. There are about 90,000 certified financial planners. So a third. Yeah. Um, we'll say, I think that's awesome. I think that's great. I think if we look back just five years ago, 10 years ago, yeah. yep, it would have been nowhere close to a third. Right. Yeah. I make up one of those, you know, the increases over the last five years. Yes. Which is a will, great thing. And that will continue. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's one of those things that we hope kind of becomes the standard and it is happening in other countries. I believe like Australia and the UK are very much on that forefront of being advice first, investment second. And I think slowly the US is, is catching up to kind of that, that trend. Um, and we, we pitch it all the time, right? Investments are merely a portion 
of someone's overall financial planning picture. Um, so our hope is that that will continue and that it will kind of be the, the standard that when you go to work with someone, even if you're just looking for investments, you are going to have to work with somebody who is going to want to talk about your entire picture so that the investments actually fit in to everything that you're trying to do and not just, you know, the ad hoc yeah. advice. Yeah, uh, of course, you know that I couldn't agree with you more. This is something that we pound the table on, not only for our own clients, you know, why we think it's so important to be certified financial planners, but um, clearly this podcast is kind of built on that. Let's talk mm -hmm. about things that really matter in people's life and goal orientation. So I think for us to boldly say there'll be more CFPs maybe than even financial advisors is probably coming from two different camps. One, the hope is that the consumer drives that right? That yeah. people truly are going to seek out that designation because they say, I want somebody that has that discipline, that's held to that standard, that has that education. Um, but the other way it's going to happen, regulation in our industry mm -hmm. is going to, I think, continue to push that, right? Yeah. It's going to say, just like it is in medicine, or just like it may be in other fields that are really, truly supposed to be consumer-based, Mm -hmm. It is your obligation. It's your, in our industry, it's your fiduciary standard to get paid to give advice, not to sell investments or to sell product. Yeah. And it's, it's a, I feel like it's a, it's a sad reflection on what we do, right? Our industry that, that the fact that we have to say a bold prediction is in 10 years, all advisors should have to be working in your best interest is kind of ludicrous, but to your point, it's it's the way it's the way things are set up. You know the 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 changes, um, not only in just the way that consumers want um, advice, but also the way the the industry itself is kind of evolving to get to this point where we believe it needs to be. Um, yeah, it's it I, it will absolutely happen. It's just a matter of how long is it going to take, and we hope that it's much sooner than later. Yeah. And every time we have this conversation, I'm like careful to not, I certainly don't want to offend the way that things have been done. I don't want to call out anybody that does it differently than us. It is just, there are different pockets of this industry where you can go to the big wirehouse firms and you know, you're going to get probably great investment management, but without a CFP focus on maybe some other things mm -hmm. to, you can go to the insurance world or, or the, the mutual company world where Again, there, there's all great intentions there. It just feels sometimes like it's a captive audience or how they are compensated is through the sale of something. Yeah. And I, I just, I see there continuing to be a greater shift towards the way that we have a business structured in the world that we live in more of an independent space where you truly are just paid to give advice. And I think yeah. the consumer base and the regulatory environment is going to kind of push the growth in that area even more over the coming years. Yeah, so that's bold prediction number two, which is that we believe the commissionable side of, of this business, the, the being compensated to, to sell somebody a product or for consumers to essentially pay commissions or transaction costs to get access to things will be dead. We're yeah. hoping in, in 10 years. Like that will, that will not be an option in 10 years that you are truly paying for advice if you are working with a professional, if you're a do-it-yourselfer, your options are, I'm guessing, will probably look very similar to the way that they are now. But we're, we're saying that that commissionable side really, truly always, and this, I think this is the way the industry has, has still been approached by consumers is what's in it for them, 
right? When, when yeah. they're working with an advisor, how do they get paid? If I'm not paying you directly, it, it's always in the back of their head of, well, they're getting paid somehow, but it's not transparent. Yeah, so I think that's the key thing. You know, a lot of the regulations that we have to follow are always trying to make sure that somebody qualifies for something or, um, you know, their financial program, uh, their financial profile means that they, um, you know, kind of suitable, suitable, suitability was the word I was really struggling to find there. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, regulation has gotten to that level, but it hasn't really gone so far as to hold everyone in the industry to a fiduciary standard where we literally have to put ourselves in their shoes and do what's in their best interest, which means yeah. how we get paid. I mean, I know we've used this analogy before. It just needs to be where every product that's out there is kind of on the same level playing field where mm -hmm. truly the only thing that should drive the decision-making process is what's best for them. Yeah. And I, I, I do think, I, I don't even think it's bold, 10 years, commission-based business will be dead. It'll be dead. If the consumer doesn't force it before then, I do think regulations will get to that level. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Um, I'll go with a third that I think kind of does tie into that. I think as financial planning and the certified financial planning profession becomes more of not just an expectation, but the norm, mm -hmm. it's, pro it's probably increasingly likely that the firm that provides you with financial advice may also have the ability to branch out a little bit and do some accounting work for you. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, file do do your tax return. They're probably partnered with a local attorney that can do some of the estate planning work. I think that yeah. one that one stop shop for advice is probably going to become more popular. It's probably going to continue to grow. Yeah, I, I obviously we talked about these in advance, but yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. We, we certainly get those questions from clients. Um, you know, if they don't have a dedicated tax preparer or CPA that they, you know, really like and trust, it's, do you guys do taxes? Do you have somebody you can refer us to? When are you going to start doing them? Like the, just that, that convenience side of things, you know, we certainly position ourselves as, as kind of the, the epicenter of their financial life, right? Trying to coordinate all these different pieces, whether they are working with professionals, we certainly can coordinate with them, but if they don't have them, and I agree, it is going this way that that is being able to go to one group or one, one business and yeah. be able to check off all of those boxes. And by the way, it probably is going to be a much more efficient process working with one team coordinating all of those things rather than I'm going to go here for piecemeal information. I'm going to go here for yep. piecemeal yep. information. And by the way, I'll come to you for my financial planning. Um, and I'll just fill you in on what these other people have told me that, uh, yes, that, that will definitely be the case um, at some point. Yeah. And again, I think that's, it's really coming from three different spots in my mind. The consumer may push for it. And that's probably because we see the trend that financial lives are not getting simpler. You know, <laughs> the, the complexities of what people have going on. People don't yeah. work in the same job for 30 years like they used yeah. to. You yeah. know, family dynamics change, relationships change. Um, I think the complexities that would require, like making sure that everything is in one spot and like the left arm's talking to the right arm, we're yeah. just seeing more and more of that. So I think the consumer may push it. Again, if there is more growth in this independent advising space where, mm -hmm. you know, people are certified financial planners with a more independent structure, then they may look to see to fill that gap where the industry could kind of approve more of that. 
and I think again, regulations are probably getting into a spot where this separation of all these uh, all these different professionals and your ability to kind of have things in one shop. I, I just I see I see all three of those things coming together to make that family office feel probably more predominant ten years from now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I'll throw out another one that kind of branches off of that. Um, you know, several years ago, the introduction of robo advisors, you know, mm -hmm. was very touted as, you know, it's going to replace a lot of the advising force, right? People are just going to be able to go to a, a website, plug in some information, the algorithm is going to spit out what they need to do and how to invest and boom, done. Yep. Piece of cake. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. That's not, we certainly don't believe that robots are going to replace us. Um, from that sense, because what we do from a financial planning perspective, I don't think can be replicated by a robot at this point. Maybe it's coming. I don't know. Elon Musk, work your magic behind the scenes. Get some AI <laughs> to think think like a CFP. Maybe that's going to happen. But what I think will happen is that the, the technology side of things, the robo-advising components, will just augment what advisors are doing, what you and I are doing to coincide with those expanded services to be able to continue to bring not only just elevated advice, but elevated service and, and being able to branch yeah. out into more areas and still have, um, you know, expertise in, in all, in all of those aspects. Oh, so, so, so many thoughts running through my head. <laughs> yeah. The robo platform to me is in a way bringing greater accessibility to investment advice for sure. But again, what is that challenging? It's challenging this like wirehouse feel where, hey, these advisors are the only ones that have the information that I need to make good decisions. Algorithms are replacing that. That's that's where the robo-advise is absolutely going to continue to grow. And maybe that's what mm -hmm. the younger generation, right, that kind of wants to kind of do it on their own, but they have the support of some algorithms, right? Yeah. The, the, the data crunching to support, you know, encouraging a, a one move versus the other. But that yeah. algorithm cannot replace real life experiences, cannot replace the complexities of just human emotions and too much stuff to digest. Um, because, you know, a lot of what we do is an art. And as much as we want to talk about it like a science and our podcast mm -hmm. sometimes does that, if mm -hmm. this is your situation, here's the advice. Everybody's different. Um, yeah. So I, I think... I think what is going to vastly change though, when it comes to technology is the client experience, right? And we've mm -hmm. maybe talked about this as a lot of financial planning can feel like we, we are Oz behind the curtain, right? We're taking yeah. all this information and whether it's statistics or it's understanding the emotions of somebody, you know, mm -hmm. what is our job? It's to put the puzzle together. But I think technology has put us in a spot where that relationship really can be interactive you know people can see cause and effect of certain things that they are doing people can be educated through technology on what are some of the things that we're paying attention to so that the whole client experience does feel like it's at their fingertips or it's yeah you know supported in the office and it's not just us saying hey you know what we're you know trust us yeah we we, we did the work trust us yeah, it, I mean, we certainly treat our process very interactively, and, and yes, our our prediction is that will continue to to become the norm, and that it is more transparent. Um, like you said, it's not Oz behind the curtain. Trust us; we know what we're doing. Go execute these things. That it is much more 
um, working in concert um, than it is an advisor dictating, here's your to-do list, go do it and let me know when you're done. Yeah, I think I liken that to like at this point, if you really want to, you can log on to your you know, medical provider's yeah. website and, and, there, and there's your medical file, right? In the same way, they have to take notes on why certain things were prescribed and what happens mm -hmm. and what's going to happen next and here are the medications and all of that. Um, you know, at this point, all, the regulations in our industry are certainly, they're getting there. I think if you're a true financial planner, you're doing it already, you know, documenting your advice and why. Um, I just think technology is going to bring that even more to the forefront where it becomes easier for the advisor to do that. And the co consumer should expect that you know, yeah. that they are able to see and to whatever degree they want to be educated, know why we're talking about the things that we're talking about. And it's not just, you know, you're at a cocktail party. Hey, what does your advisor do for you? I, I, don't, I don't know. That's, I get a statement. Yeah. I think that's yeah. going to become far less likely, um, you know, 10 years from now. Yeah. So even part of that conversation kind of leads us to, I, I think that's our last prediction, which, which is the uh, increased focus on the human element, right? The behavioral finance side of financial planning and advice, um, just taking in, and you kind of said it earlier, like real life experiences can't be replaced by advice from a robot. Um, yeah. And we certainly believe that even from the advisor base, that is still a very small, small, small component, or at least it that doesn't seem like it's a very wide spread um, component or a piece of, of what we do. Yeah. Um, that will continue to grow, um, over time. Yeah. So this, um, so this one is probably, um, the hardest one to like say boldly, like 10 years from now, you should expect your financial professional to talk about behavioral finance. Um, just because I think we have a lot of I guess I'll just use the words. I think we have a lot of dinosaurs in this in this industry <laughs> that are that are yeah. not going not to going to involve evolve in a lot of the ways that we just discussed. And then this yeah. one is probably like the hardest one to evolve on because yeah. look, think think about a lot of the people that we work with. I think we are very blessed to now have deep relationships where maybe you've gone beyond just talking finances, but you kind of understand the family, you understand dynamics, but like. We know that talking about money is not something that's comfortable for a lot of people. And then yeah. talking about their emotions around it or um, some of their biases or mm -hmm. some of the deep personal things going on in their life, like yeah. these are not comfortable things to talk about. So right. not only is it maybe the consumer base is gonna have to get more used to being willing to have those conversations because they see that it can only benefit the relationship by giving us more information to help them, but having advisors like comfortable taking that education, learning to be better communicating <laughs> at this issue recognition on this, that's not number crunching. Like it's just a whole different discipline, yeah. but I certainly hope, you know, and we promise to be at the forefront of this. Like I certainly hope it grows. Yes. Agreed. 100%. Moving on. I'll, look, well, no, I'll, I'll stay, I'll stay on this. So <laughs> I, I do I do think we're I do think we're seeing it in the world. You know, I think yeah. it's becoming a little bit more okay. Maybe, you know, the pandemic did a lot of horrible things to to emotions and behavior and my gosh, yeah. you know, here we are with world-class Olympic athletes that are hmm. 
rightly so okay going, I don't know if I can do this, right? Yeah. I think I think people speaking out about it does give hopefully the yous and me's of the world the permission to go, you know what? I don't I don't know how I feel about retiring. I, I don't know how I'm going to adjust to losing a spouse. I don't know yeah. how this is going to go losing a job. These are things that are going to be huge inputs into how they make huge financial decisions. Yes. And it should be okay for us to talk about that. Yeah, and I think, I mean, often, I think in the past, right, it's, it's the evolution of, of, our, of our profession, right? In the past where it used to be, you had to come to an advisor just to get access to the investments. And then, you know, the CFP program was created and now it was, okay, we're gonna give you some advice among many different areas. I think that continued evolution of just the role that financial planners can play and you yeah. touched on it, right? Those, those big life transitions or just the things that happen that are often negative. Yeah. The, real, the reality is, you know, part of our job is, is to be a, a number cruncher behind the scenes. But then it's also, I don't want to say playing therapist, but it really is trying to, to understand where somebody is coming from and then being able to pair whatever... Uh, you know, we think the right advice is pairing right. those things together and being able to communicate that in a way that that doesn't just fall on deaf ears. That is the the art that is way separated from the science. Yeah. And the CFP board, I mean, they took a huge step in yeah. announcing that starting next March, psychology of finances is now going to be one of their their principal knowledge topics. You know, it's yeah. it's coming. And I think that's why we say it's, you know, it's not too bold to say 10 years from now, we'll make progress here. Um, but I, I think it really does also come back to this profession needs to continue to be more about depth of relationship, depth of communication, and truly giving personal advice. And a lot of that is going to be that, that calculator there on my desk is not yeah. going to be able to do that. It's not going to be important. Um, yeah. So I, I think we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. Um, and I hope again, that people feel okay starting those conversations if, if they see it, because here, here's, here's the way I view it to other advisors that may listen to this podcast. You can ignore it and just say, trust me, I know what I'm doing. I've had all this history. I, I've been through this before, just do this. And you're mm -hmm. really not helping that person feel any better about what's going on. Yeah. Yep. You can say because you have biases, because you're emotionally not, you know, aligned with the way that I would think about things, hit the road. Mm -hmm. That's not helping them either. Yeah. Or, or you can get a little education. You can be trained a little bit. You can change the way that you view this topic, behavioral finance, you know, the psychology of finance um, and be doing a better service to your clients. And I, I think that does tie into if the CFP designation is moving that direction, and yeah. therefore, those 90,000 advisors are moving that direction in mm -hmm. future CFPs yeah. are moving that direction. Then yeah. I think the consumer base is going to see that, oh, this is something I can I can open up about. This is important to share. Um, that in itself may move this whole prediction forward. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully 10 years is uh, on the long end. Yeah. We'll see. Let's. Yeah, let's hope we can revisit these topics in less than five years and say, hey, great news. We were yeah. right and not, well, we were way off. We're idiots. Yeah, yeah. well, I hope, I hope the, 
the theme in all of those predictions is better service, better advice to all the clients that are out there that deserve to have great financial advising relationships. And for those that we serve, we hope that's the case already. We'll commit to getting better. Um, but I, I hope that's the major takeaway, that all these things truly move the profession forward for the good of the consumer. Yeah, well said. All right. Okay, we did it. Thanks, man. Five predictions. I think it was. See if we're right. Okay. Six. I don't Bonus. know. Bonus. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Adam. All right. Have a great, have a great weekend. You too. See you next time. Hey everyone, Adam and I really appreciate you tuning in. Please note that the opinions we voiced in the show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be most appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, your accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to making any decisions or investing. Thanks for listening.